Have you ever wondered why God doesn't answer some of your best prayers? When I think about all the things that we talk to God about, uh, I recognize that not everything we pray for is objectively good and great and should be approved of by God. All right, if I'm going on vacation and I'm praying, please God, no clouds, no rain, no storms. I finally have a week off, let it be good. But I recognize that at the same time, there's a farmer who's praying for clouds and rain and his crops, right? If God says no to my prayer, I, I get it. Or if I'm lining up for that penalty kick in the big soccer game <laughs> and I'm 12 yards out and I'm praying, please, Jesus, let, let me put this in the back of the net. But if a goalie is a man of faith, what's he praying for? Yeah, the exact opposite. And a bunch of your prayers are like that too. It's okay to pray about it, but we kind of get if God would say, okay, not today, not that. What I think is much more difficult to understand is why God doesn't immediately say yes to the best prayers. Like when you and I pray for justice, when we pray for things to be fair, when we pray for our world to be free from chauvinism and racism and sexism and ageism, when we pray for governments and judges to make good decisions, when we pray for bad people who break the law to not get away with it because of some bribe or some loophole in the system, and when we pray for good people to be protected, for children to be raised in safe environments. When we ask God for things to be good and, and right and fair at school and at work and in the world, and then we look at another day's headlines and realize it isn't. It doesn't seem fair. You know, this kid didn't do anything wrong, but because of dad's anger or mom's struggle with alcohol, the kid suffers. And this person didn't do anything wrong, but because of bias and, and prejudice and racism, they're suffering, sometimes tragically. You go to court for the custody hearing, but the, the judge doesn't have all the evidence, didn't hear all the words, and now the decision isn't, it's, it's not right and it's not fair. Or a rumor starts and you, you didn't even do anything wrong. But people grabbed onto it and they spread it or they read between the lines of your email and, and misunderstood and trashed your reputation. Like, well, why, if there's a God who runs everything, who has the power to, to stop injustice right now, if Jesus could come back today and fix it and end it, why, when we pray for justice and fairness, doesn't it happen? You know, there's actually a spot in the Bible where Jesus addressed that very thing. In his day, life wasn't fair either. The Romans were running the show. They had power and control and they put up crosses and put those who rebelled on them. The guys who were running the church were not holy. They were hypocrites. Tax collectors would take your money and they could get away with it. And so people cried out to God for justice, but justice didn't seem to come. So in a really important teaching from Luke chapter 18, Jesus said these words. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, God will see that they get justice and quickly. I love that verse. God will bring justice for his people. If you're a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ, 
if you're one of his chosen ones and you're crying out to God day and night, fix this, God. I can't fix this, but you can. I need your help. God will not put you off forever. In fact, from Jesus' perspective of time, quickly you will get justice. He will return and the world will be made right. But Jesus' teaching kind of begs another question. Why not just do it today? If God hates injustice more than I do and more than you do, why doesn't Jesus just come back before I'm done talking? Now, the answer to that question is simple. Because God loves people. I think of the young woman I had coffee with the other day. She told me that she had been reading the Bible for the first time. And she showed me the pages with the highlight and the underline. She talked to me about grace and about Jesus. She told me about the old sins that knew her name, her drug addiction, and her promiscuous lifestyle. And she said, Pastor, I, I, I just don't want to do that anymore. And I want to read this book. And I want to tell everyone about it. And she didn't understand what was happening to her. But, but maybe you do. God had found her and opened her eyes and forgiven her and saved her. And my point is, if Jesus had come back a year ago, if he had saved us from all the drama of this past year, what would have happened to that woman that God loved so much? She would have been holding on to her sin instead of Jesus. She would have been lost. And and so God waited. The lesson here is that God is saving people. Every day, he, he is finding his chosen people and turning them through faith into his children. And so we, as Christian people, wait. The headlines break our hearts like they break the heart of God, but we are willing to wait as God saves us and our friends, our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors, more and more people until the timing is perfectly right and Jesus returns. So friends, until that day, keep praying, keep trusting. Don't give up on justice and don't give up on Jesus. He's coming soon and all things will be made new. Let's pray. Uh, Dear God, we need patience. Uh, Waiting is not our superpower. And when life is difficult and we don't get you, it's so easy to turn on you and to start believing that you don't care or you don't love us or you're not in control. Help us not to believe those lies, but instead to trust that you are doing your saving work. You are bringing people to faith every single day. People who will be saved, not just from a few years of suffering, but people who are saved for forever in your presence. Help us to trust that that is an amazing exchange and it's worth waiting for. We pray this and we pray that you would help us in our prayers in the days to come. We ask this all, Jesus, in your beautiful name. Amen. Uh, We here at Time of Grace actually have a bunch of podcasts to bless you in your spiritual life. Uh, Dr. Bruce Becker just launched a new podcast called Bible Threads. Uh, He's exploring right now the grand ands of the Bible. Uh, I'm super intrigued by it, so I hope you can check that out. And our friend uh, Amber Albie Swenson, almost messed up your name out there, Amber. Uh, She has a great podcast called Little Things that I've actually been listening to for years. Uh, She's a faithful woman of God with a lot of great insights and a passion to teach people. So wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you check out Bible Threads with Dr. Bruce Becker and Little Things with Amber Albie Swenson.